the Unknown Packers podcast, and I'm your host, Bryce Christensen, and today is week two of the NFL preseason, and the Packers are going to Baltimore. And fitting, because this is going to Baltimore on tap, our week two preview. Last Thursday, the Packers beat the Houston Texans 28-26 for the first win of the 15th head coach of your Green Bay Packers. And as we move into week two against the Baltimore Ravens, I wanted to highlight last week's snap counts, go back to last year's week two performance against Pittsburgh and how many snaps did Aaron have and how many can we predict probably the same for, for week two. And then we'll break down Baltimore and Green Bay. And then as we wrap up going to Baltimore on tap, I'll give you some other positional groups and some players that I'm going to keep an eye on as we progress into this preseason. And like I mentioned in an earlier episode, that the first preseason game of the year, actually the short poor live episode, is always a chance for the teams to examine their rookies. And really last Thursday against the Texans, the Packers did that. The draft picks for the 2019 NFL draft class led the way in snap counts, definitely both on offense and defense. The really nice part was the opportunity to see Elton Jenkins. He played in multiple different positions on the offensive line, and they they had him at guard and at center. I've got another episode coming up highlighting the guard battle with Elton Jenkins and Lane Taylor and who else comprises that that guard positional group depth-wise. And then on the defense, you had a seventh rounder out of Texas Christian University, Ty Summers. Uh, he played almost the entire game, 66 snaps at inside linebacker, had nine tackles in the first half total altogether. But let's run down the snap totals by position, give you a little bit of a picture with, with what week one was and maybe what we can have with week two moving forward. At the quarterback position, you had Deshaun Kaiser with 29, Tim Boyle with 16, and Manny Wilkins with 14. You had Kaiser in on four series, and pretty much that was the entire first half. And then you had Boyle for two series, and then Wilkins for two series. And I talked about Deshaun Kaiser at length. Uh, by this time, you might have uh, listened to our good old Timmy Boyle short pour. If not, check that out. And moving to the running backs, you had Dexter Williams with 29. You had Trey Carson with 20. You had Danny Vitale with 11. Malcolm Johnson with seven, Darren Hall with six, and Keith Ford with one. And again, the Packers showcasing their their rookies, like Elton Jenkins was mentioned, and Ty Summers, Dexter Williams leading the way. And uh, he had a total of 80 yards. He had 62 yards on the ground with 14 carries, and he had a catch for 18 yards. Nice screen pass. And again, Dexter Williams seems to be that perfect mold to fit opposite Aaron Jones in this Coach Lafleur's offense, but time will tell. Jamal Williams has been hurt. The, the big thing was I, I talked about how much will they use the fullback Danny Vitale, and I I thought that maybe they either would hide him or, but in actuality, he was on the field as a lead blocker and he was also um, as a third down back and shotgun. Had a nice catch and gain, and that was actually by a really bad throw by Kaiser. Wide receivers, you had Darius Shepard with 32, Alan Lazard with 28, Jamon Moore with 24, Jake Kummerl with 19, Equinemius St. Brown 13, Geronimo Allison 8, Marcos Valdez-Scantling with 8, 
Tail Redding was seven, Joel Davis was seven, and Malik Taylor was six. Look at that discrepancy. You have Darius Shepard with 32, Alan Lazard with 28, Jay Kumaro got 19, Equinemius St. Brown with 13, and then you see who they kind of value. I mean, obviously, MBS, they're going to try to limit his, his reps, as well as Geronimo Allison coming off that core muscle injury, that groin injury. But you have three guys that are vying for a 53-man roster position, Tail Redding, Joel Davis, and Malik Taylor. They cut Joel Davis. So having seven, seven snaps, I figured that he'd probably play more. Tail Redding had seven snaps, and that costly, costly for him, that fumble on that kick return. So keep an eye on those wide receiver snap totals with week two with the, uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. Moving to tight ends, you have Evan Bayless with 37, Robert Tanya with 18, and Farrell McKevra with 14. And Robert Tanya really had a nice, about 20-yard-some reception from Kaiser. Definitely uh, just a straight seam route up the middle. And Robert Tanyan, a guy that I'm talking up as being definitely tight end two, but could be tight end one. I, there's something about Robert Tanyan and this connection with Aaron Rodgers that continues to develop. Moving to offensive linemen, you had Elton Jenkins with 45, Adam Pinky with 40, Gerhard DeBeer with 35, Cole Madison, last year's fifth-round pick out of Washington State, had the year off, Anthony Coyle with 30, Alex Light with 29, Lucas Patrick with 29, Justin McCray with 27, and Lane Taylor with 16, and Yash Neiman with 14. He's the undrafted free agent out of Virginia Tech. And the starting line consisted of Alex Light, Lane Taylor, Lucas Patrick, Elton Jenkins, and Gerhard DeBeard from left to right. Like I mentioned, Elton Jenkins played both right guard and center, and then Lucas Patrick and Justin McCray were all over that interior line Adam Pinky uh, got some opportunities at both the tackle positions, and then Neiman finished the fourth quarter, finished the game at left tackle with those 14 snaps. Now, you can look at the offensive line and that being an embarrassment or a disappointment in week one. You had Cole Madison flag twice, and then also uh, Alex Light, who had a very costly penalty that nullified, I want to say, a, a huge gain from, from Deshaun Kaiser. And so with this offensive line, I mentioned with Lane Taylor being the only starter in that starting five, got some significant reps. It makes me think that, the, like we've been reading, that there's truly a battle of left guard with Elton Jenkins and Lane Taylor. Elton Jenkins being the second-round draft pick out of Mississippi State. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, defensive lineman, you had James Looney with 46, Kinsley Kiki with 44, Deion Simmon with 40, Montrevious Adams with 35, who had a great game. Tyler Lancaster with 22. And Olive Sagapolu with five. Olive Sagapolu is an ex-Wisconsin Badger. He's the back-flipping Samoan. And you really got an opportunity to see James Loney and Kingsley Kiki. And I think with James Looney being an opportunity is that he was a late draft pick last year. One of Jeremiah Wayman's predictions the other co-founder, the better half of the bearded duo. And uh, again, I thought Montrevious Adams had a great game. Uh, he's a guy that is looking to fill what Mike Daniels had, large shoes to fill. Going to the outside linebackers, you had Randy Ramsey, uh, undrafted free agent out of Arkansas. Kyler Fackrell with 33 snaps, guy that had 10 and a half sacks last year. Ben Fennel, 
uh, on Twitter mentioned that just a tape, and I, I rewatched the tape too, just very disappointing, very lackadaisical, unmotivating play. And time will tell with Kyler Fackrell. He could be a surprise cut when it comes to the 53-man roster. Surprise cut for some, maybe not for, for a lot of you. Reggie Gilbert with 29 and Marcus Jones with 24. Keep in mind, Randy Ramsey and Reggie Gilbert were, were the only one that uh, recorded sacks. And then Rashawn Gary was able to show his athleticism, getting getting 32 snaps. So they're clearly looking at trying to you know up up his experience, up his his game reps. And so another guy to really keep an eye on in week two is Rashawn Gary. Inside linebackers, you had Ty Summers, who played essentially the entire game when Oren Burks went down. Now we know it's a torn pectoral muscle. Uh, we'll figure out a timetable, but that usually means that that's the end of the year for him. I mentioned in uh, ILB on tap that he uh, could be designated at the end of the season, but it's a huge, huge injury, something that takes a lot of time for the swelling to subside before they can actually do surgery. So he needs to actually let that swelling subside before anything can happen. So, But we're, we're, we're probably looking at done for the year with Oren Burks. James Crawford had 31 snaps. Brady Sheldon, who I talked about, and then ILB on tap, a sleeper, a guy that has similar build. He had a 6'5". Then you have Curtis Bolton, undrafted free agent out of Oklahoma, who's been playing with the ones, practicing with the ones, I should say. And then Oren Brooks had six, unfortunately. Moving along to the safeties, you have Natrell Jamerson with 55. He, by far, was probably one of the more disappointing players I thought had an opportunity to make some surprise plays, provide some depth at that safety position. But uh, tough game. He's going to have to really bounce back. But 55 reps, so continue to see him get a large portion of uh, snaps this week. Will Redmond with 38, Trey Matthews with 28, Raven Green with 24. He had that nice tackle, strip strip fumble. Mike Tyson with 22, Darnell Savage had nine. So look at that. Darnell Savage, obviously, we're, you know, we're easing him back in with his wisdom teeth extraction surgery. But Darnell Savage with nine and Rashawn Gary with 32, both first-round draft picks. Uh, Rashawn Gary also had some concerns about his shoulder coming out of college, torn labrum, and... I, I think that's pretty telling. Rashawn Gary with 32 and Darnell Savage with nine. That's something to keep an eye on moving forward is is those snap counts with Darnell Savage and, and Rashawn Gary. I'd, I'd like to think that they're going to ramp up that a little bit more. Cornerbacks, you had Chandon Sullivan at 59, KB and Ento 52, Kadar Holman 38, Tony Brown 28, Nadir Rouse with 26. And the cornerbacks look like they're going to be from top to bottom, might be the top top positional group. They're very impressive. Time will tell with Kevin King and when he can get back to participating. But man, Shannon Sullivan, guy that we picked up in May from the Philadelphia Eagles and a former undrafted free agent out of Georgia State, had a couple of uh, really nice plays, picked off a pass, and then also had a really nice tackle on a receiver screen and wasn't something like he just went untouched. He was able to shed a blocker in that with that KB Anento continues to get a lot of reps, and he's a wide receiver, cornerback convert. And then with special teams, uh, they got double-digit special teams snaps from a handful of players, including Ty Summers with 13, Matthews with 13, and then uh, Brady Sheldon with 14. Sam Ficken and Mason Crosby each made both of their extra points. And then while Ficken kicked off four times, Crosby kicked off one. 
So just wanted to highlight the snap counts. I think that gives you an, a, a good picture of what Coach Lafleur and the rest of the coaching staff are trying to do. They're trying to see what overall type of play these players can contribute underneath the lights in real game time. So a lot of snaps devoted to the rookies. And then you also saw a lot of snaps like Kyler Fackrell and Lane Taylor, uh, guys that have been starters that have contributed to this team. And now you you might see uh, younger competition coming up and taking their place. I'm not, I'm not prognosticating and I'm not saying anything like that, but uh, I, I think it's pretty telling. It's pretty interesting to see that you've got all these rookies and other uh, players that are trying to vie for this 53-man roster, and most of the starters are pulled except for Lane Taylor and Kyler Fackrell, to name a couple. Uh, another thing to keep an eye on is Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage, like, that, like I mentioned, and then also with Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage, and then also with Deshaun Kaiser and Tim Boyle. Uh, what happens? How do they divvy up those snaps? We're going to take a quick commercial break. The second part of going to Baltimore on tap will be highlighting the history of the Baltimore Ravens and the Green Bay Packers, and then also what happened last year in Week 2 that maybe we can get excited about this year with Week 2 in the preseason. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Unknown Packers podcast. If you like what you are hearing and would like to help us grow, take a minute to rate us on iTunes. The more ratings we get, the more visible we will be to Packer fans like you. Again, thank you so much for listening. This show wouldn't happen without your support. Now, let's get back to the second half. Welcome back to the second half of going to Baltimore on tap. And this just highlights the week two preview against the Baltimore Ravens. But before that, last year in week two, the Packers beat the Steelers 51-34. Coming off an impressive win in week one in preseason where they almost had 500 yards of total offense. And then they come in and it was really the defense. You had a pick six by Tremont Williams, a pick six by Josh Jackson, Get a fumble by Ty Montgomery, which I think maybe if we were looking at that that moment, thinking, huh, maybe that'll happen again. And maybe that'll be the end of Ty Montgomery. But at that time, we had no idea clearly. You had Brett Hundley throwing a touchdown. You had Jake Kumaro, who had over 100, 100 yards and touchdown. And while Aaron Rodgers only saw one series, it didn't take long for him. To just get back to his own self, he got, had a beautiful snap, uh, slant to Devontae Adams. He finished up that drive, hooking up with Jimmy Graham for an eight-yard touchdown strike. And I remember freaking out, thinking, oh, baby, it's coming. The Jimmy Graham train and Aaron Rodgers connection. And he had a good year, just not the touchdowns. 600 yards, nothing to scoff at. Just didn't have the touchdowns. And what was pretty impressive was... And unfortunately, is what Jay Kumro got hurt was that beautiful cutback, and he took it to the house, 82 yards for a touchdown, ended up getting hurt on that play. And for in that preseason game, you also had what, what I mentioned was that pick six by Josh Jackson, and we figured that, all right, we got a steal in the second round, 45th overall. And again, the reason why... and. Granted, uh, he didn't have the type of splash that we were expecting in the rookie year like Jair Alexander did. 
But he did produce 49 total tackles, had one tackle for loss and 10 pass breakups over 16 games and 10 starts. He scored the team's only special teams touchdown, recovering a block punt in the end zone in week two. He returned two punts with one fair catch, led the team in both total penalties with eight and penalty yards with 75. So a learning curve. He played a total of 718 defensive snaps, the sixth most on the roster, and 190 snaps on special teams, the seventh most. And it's not the Josh Jackson show, but again, I'm, I mentioned it in week one, talking about Houston comes to town, and what would we see with week one, my short pour live with Danny Boy from Creative Finishes, and you see it progress, week one, week two, and now you see with last week compared to this week. Last week, a lot of rookies got a lot of time. Now let's see what happens this week. Josh Jackson blew up last year, week two preseason. Now is it Darnell Savage to show what kind of plays he makes? And speaking of week two, let's get everyone ready for Thursday night's game. It is here. It is finally here. Week two, preseason football. Last week was great, but the Packers go to the road to face off against the Baltimore Ravens. It's only the second preseason meeting between these two teams. The only other preseason game was in 96, where the Packers won 17-15. to An interesting fact, though, that the Green Bay Packers are looking to start 2-0 for the fourth consecutive year. And interestingly enough, head coach Matt LaFleur getting his first win. He became the seventh head coach in franchise history to win his first game as head coach for the Green Bay Packers, joining Curly Lambeau, Phil Bankston, Bart Starr, Mike Holmgren, Ray Rhodes, and Mike Sherman. So something that Mike McCarthy didn't do that Matt LaFleur did. 28 points put up by Green Bay were the third most by the team in the debut of new Packers head coach behind 37 put up in Sherman in 2000. Man, Mike Sherman put up 37 in his first game in 2000. No mercy, Mike Sherman. No mercy. And in comparison, all time, we're 4-2 and two against the Ravens. In the regular season, all-time in Green Bay, were 3-1. And, and then the Packers have won two of the last three regular season matchups. The last meeting was the Ravens beating us 23-0, which was uh, at Lambeau Field. That was when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone, so that season. And the Packers and Ravens, they've only squared off in the regular season six times. And most recently, like I said, uh, Baltimore won in 2017. They won a pair of October clashes in Lambeau Field in 1998 and 2001. They had a Monday night football game at Lambeau in December of 2009. And then they had a 2013 week six matchup in Baltimore. And some connections, obviously, Zadarius Smith, who we acquired in the offseason, he played four seasons for the Baltimore Ravens from 2015 to 2018. Adrian Amos is a fellow Baltimore native. He played his high school ball at Culvert Hall College and he earned Baltimore City Defense of the Player of the Year honors. Darnell Savage was born in Salisbury, Maryland and played collegiately at Maryland. Our running back Aaron Jones, his twin brother Elvin Jones, plays for the Baltimore Ravens. Billy Turner was part of the 2016 team with the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens backup QB Joe Callahan spent two seasons with the Green Bay Packers. Joey Joey C? Still playing in the NFL? Packers head coach coached the Ravens quarterback Robert Griffin during his first two seasons with the Washington Redskins, and defensive coordinator Mike Pettin served in various roles, such as the coaching video assistant, quality control coach, defenses assistant, and outside linebackers coach while coaching for the Ravens from 2002 to 2008. And enough snap counts. 
enough <laughs> enough stats, but I wanted to get you caught up. I want I I feel getting to know a little bit more about our opponent, possible connections, seeing the snap counts. I think it gives you just a little bit more deeper, profound look when you enter <laughs> when you enter when you watch the Green Bay Packers face off against the Baltimore Ravens week two in the preseason. And last week, I my questions were, how much are we going to see out of Danny Vitale? How much are we going to see out of Dexter Williams? How will he fare? On the defensive side of the ball, uh, we had Tony Schaefer talking about Oren Burks, and he had a significant injury, torn pectoral muscle. So going into week two, if it's anything like last season, you're definitely possibly going to see a couple drives by Aaron Rodgers. And now the question will be, do they give him a couple snaps, couple drives, or will it again be focusing on Deshaun Kaiser and Tim Boyle? It's a two-headed monster going in for that backup QB position. And I want to see more of what Deshaun Kaiser showed in week one. That twitchiness, that elusiveness, very a la Russell Wilson-esque. Granted, his accuracy is not there. He overthrew a couple balls that would have gotten some players really hurt had they had any of the defenders been able to hit one of the wide receivers, specifically that Darius Shepard catch, where Darius Shepard pretty much had to high point that catch, and luckily he didn't get drilled from behind. So that accuracy is a big thing. Timmy Boyle wasn't all rainbows and petunias, even though he was three for five, had two touchdowns. He had a real tough time at that goal line stance. Luckily, there was that illegal contact hit on the defense that allowed them to get another goal to go downs, and then he converted with Jamon Moore on that third down pass. So there's definitely blemishes to be had by both. But again, moving into week two, it's Deshaun Kaiser, it's Tim Boyle. Can they continue to learn this offense? Can they play with a sense of urgency? You had Aaron Jones return back from practice after he had been held out with a hamstring injury. So now you're going to see Aaron Jones... I would think a couple snaps um, or they hold him out just to make sure with it being week two. And then again, we'll see what Dexter Williams can do. And with Danny Vitale nursing a calf injury, the Packers went ahead and they picked up Tommy Bohannon, a guy that was just a freak at the combine, um, blazing speed. And so he's a guy that, who knows, Matt LaFleur likes his fullbacks, so we'll see. And Wisconsin sure loves their fullbacks. I had tweeted out that we had picked up Bohannon, and man, people just freaked out about it, <laughs> acquiring another fullback. So unfortunately, Danny Vitale gets his calf injury, uh, but we'll see what kind of impact that has moving forward with Coach LaFleur and his game plan. Again, I, the wide receiver groups, you saw significant snap counts for Darius Shepard and Alan Lazard. Does Tail Redding bounce back? Or does Darius Shepard continue after what he had, such an impressive Saturday practice? He's building rapport with Aaron Rodgers. So undrafted free agent out of North Dakota State, Darius Shepard is making a name for himself. It looks like he might be the only clear slot guy and is going to look like being the backup to Trevor Davis with punt returns, kick returns. So I want to see him have another solid week. And... Alan Lazard is clearly a favorite of mine. I'd love to see what he can do again moving forward to week two. And then the snap counts. Ty Summers playing 66. Does he get that same snap count? And can he cover just as good as he can tackling? I went back and looked at the tape, and while he was a tackling demon, 
he was lost in coverage at times. So it's something that keep an eye on, something that definitely needs polishing and a little bit more attention. Rashawn Gary and, and Darnell Savage snaps. Rashawn Gary had quite a few snaps. I was surprised with that amount. And then Darnell Savage, they're trying to ease him in little by little. But as Kevin King is still nursing that hamstring injury, you're, you're seeing cornerbacks like Kadar Holman, six-round draft pick out of Toledo who had an interception, who's playing with the ones. Uh, Curtis Bolton, linebacker who's playing with the ones. Brady Sheldon, a guy that is very similar to Oren Brooks, a little bit taller but a guy that can contribute in special teams. So it's it's this next man up philosophy, unfortunately, and we just have to swallow the Oren Burks injury and now see what we have at that inside linebacker position. So again, James Crawford had significant snaps at inside linebacker. How much does he contribute? And then we'll continue seeing more and more uh, what Montrevious Adams brought to the table. James Looney, Kingsley Kiki, that defensive line, can they make up for the absence of Mike Daniels? But I, I, I look at that that big play last week, that special teams, that long, high punt by J.K. Scott that allowed Equinemius St. Brown to get in position to distract Kiki Kuti and recovered the football and took it in, landed on it, was able to snatch it up. And it's so those types of plays, I want to continue seeing those types of plays as we move forward, but I can't wait. And I want to leave. I want to leave this little parting gift for for all our listeners and our supporters. And week two, Baltimore Ravens, Green Bay Packers, and it's great covering the Green Bay Packers. And it's great to have listeners and supporters. And there was this uh, topic of Aaron Rodgers and and Matt, and Matt Lafleur not getting along and a certain former wide receiver of the Green Bay Packers saying that he just doesn't see that relationship working out. And I thought about how this wide receiver, this former player, I'm not going to name his name, how he continues to be relevant. And the truth of the matter is, is that the reason why he's relevant is that we feed into it. And that guy um, is toxic. That guy is all about clickbait that guy does not care about whether or not he's hurting anybody. It's all about his ego and his narcissism. And I would be no better than him if I just continued to berate him and tell him to F off and all this stuff. And what I'm challenging myself to do and what I'm challenging everyone else that's listening right now is that we control. We have the opportunity to control our thoughts, our emotions, and our reactions. And that's powerful. And a lot of times we don't have that power we don't have that opportunity. And I truly believe that when we become more holistic, we open up our hearts and we open up our minds. It's really weird. And I know it might be a little hallmarky and cheesy, but truly just being transparent, being open, talking to people. We don't have to be insecure. We don't have to be scared. We don't have to try to convince people to follow us and like us. And, and that's what this guy's doing. He continues to spew toxicity, and this will be the last time I talk about that that topic. But I know that there were some that got really fired up about about him talking about Aaron Rodgers and and Matt Lafleur, and what it gave me, it gave me an opportunity to step back and say, you know what, I can control what I think, I can control how I feel, and I can control how I respond, and that's powerful once we look at that. And so as I sign off for. Going to Baltimore on tap, 
I want to leave this to all our UPP fans, listeners, and supporters is continue to go out there and love one another, be great friends, be great supporters, partners, and and I will be with you 100% of the way. And I hope that by me talking about this, I hope that it allowed some people to kind of center and stay in the moment and realize that life is a beautiful thing. And all we're doing is we're just talking Green Bay Packers and life does not have to be that serious. And I hope that, I know I got very serious right here, but I hope that people, whatever experiences you're going through, whatever hardships, whatever triumphs, know that uh, here at the Unknown Packers podcast, we appreciate your support. Um, We've got your back 100% of the way. And I just want people to realize that we have the power in how we can respond. And I focus my energy right now on this Packers team right now. And I focus my energy on trying to be the best person, friend, brother, son, husband, and podcaster for all our fans, listeners, and supporters. I want to thank my Unknown Packers Productions team. And I want to thank everyone out there for listening to the Unknown Packers podcast. I'm just a guy that takes notes and talks Green Bay Packers, so it is really humbling, and it 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 excites me to to know that you, all of us, we're along this journey. It's going to be a positive one. It's all going to be about love and respect and camaraderie, and thank you for tuning in. I'm Bryce Christensen, and this is the Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Make sure that you're tuning in to TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, Google Play, Stitcher, and a variety of other podcast platforms. Don't forget to say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers podcast. That's right. We're good friends with Alexa. Make sure you're checking out our website, theunknownpackers.com, as well as Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Reddit the Unknown Packers podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm Bryce Christensen, and this is the Unknown Packers podcast.